0: We sat right here in this room and went over this and over this. Yeah, but that true coat... I sat right here and said I didn't want any true coat. Yeah, but I'm saying that true coat, you don't get it.
1: You get oxidation problems. It'll cost you a heck of a lot more than $500. You're
0: sitting there, you're, you're talking in circles. You're talking like we didn't go over this already. Yeah, but this true coat... Code... We had a deal here for $19.5. You sat there, and darn if you didn't tell me, you'd get me this car, these options, without the sealant for $19.5. All right, I'm not saying I didn't. You called me 20 minutes ago and said you had it
2: ready to make delivery. It says, come on down, and get it. And, 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 and here you are, and you're wasting my time and my wife's time, and... And I'm paying 19.5 for this vehicle here.
1: All right, I'll talk to my boss. See, they install that true code at the factory. There's nothing we can do. But I'll, I'll talk to my boss.
0: These guys here. These guys? It's always the same. It's always more.
1: He never done this before. But seeing as it's special circumstances and all, he says I can knock $100 off that true coat. 100
3: You lied to me, Mr. Lundgaard. You're a bald-faced liar.
1: People talking And they're saying that you're leaving it's so unhappy you've been living
4: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open with that clip from the movie Fargo. A, uh, a common scene when you're buying a car, you know, you're out on the lot, you pick out your car, you tell them what you want, and everything changes when you get into the into the closing room with the finance guy, and uh, or with the sales guy. Then when they turn you over to the finance guy, I have a uh, I have a car dealer story that I'm going to relate to you that will be buyer beware. But uh, but I'll do that I'll do that shortly. Then that's why I use that clip. That song was the movie Change. You know, uh, we all wish for money. We all wish for fame. We think we have the answers, and some things are never going to change. I use that. I use that because as I listen to it, I go, you know what? It's clear. The politicians of we're seeing we're seeing the hey they all they all want those. All want those positions. We're seeing the the race for a Republican nomination uh, get get ugly, and now uh, Nikki Haley is now she's now that while everyone's trying to be uh, trying to be civil with Donald Trump because the likelihood that he's going to be the nominee is so high, but now that now that it's looking like Nikki Haley is going to look bad, now she's pulling out the the personal stuff, and we don't want to have a president who's eighty years old and sitting behind bars. It's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disgusting when you see that. But we'll talk more about that in the second half. So, uh, but, but before I go any any further, let me introduce myself for those who don't know me. My my name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage Corporation. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities uh, that are real estate and fantastic opportunities, we are. Are now because the rates have come down, and they're going to come down even more as we go out through it throughout the year. And of course, if you're thinking about buying a house, if you wait for the rates to come down, you're going to wait for all the competition to come out. If you buy now, remember you're uh, you have a you have a short-term relationship. With your loan, you have a long-term relationship with your house. Rates will come down in the next uh, six to twelve months. Uh, farther, and you can refinance. Meanwhile, get in, get in, uh, get your uh, your uh, your offers to, to buy the house if you can find the right house for you. Um, while the rates are a little higher, as long as you can qualify, and then uh, refinance later. while so you don't have to uh, go up against the the fierce competition. I personally am seeing a lot of people come in lower than sales price. Lower than list price and get offers accepted, which is a big change from a year ago. So, um, anyway, if you're interested in getting involved in any of those opportunities, you need financing, uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855 855- 640-2020. Um, if you want to uh, get some information on uh, real estate financing, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, click on the United American Mortgage uh, logo, and you will take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. Um, if there's any part of the show you want repeated or uh, you missed the show uh, when it was on the radio uh, stay on edhoffman.net click on the podcast page you can hear this show as well as several past shows you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Apple Podcast, that uh, that purple icon on your phone uh, with the big circle that says podcast on it, and you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download automatic. Uh, I record on Friday mornings, it gets uploaded on Friday afternoon, and will download to your device shortly thereafter. If you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. So, uh, from time to time, I like to share my personal experiences with you, because as the title of my book makes clear, experience matters and here's mine. So I had I had an experience over the last few weeks that actually was over the last couple of years, and I wanted to share it with you so you guys know. So uh, most of you know that I drive a Corvette, and I've been a Corvette enthusiast for, for uh, lots and lots of years. I had my first Corvette in 98, and then I bought a 2014 when the Stingray came out. And in 2017, the, the new body style, the the wider body style for the Grand Sport and the Z06 came out. And I said, yeah, I looked at it, I said, it's not that much different until I saw two of them part side to side, side to side in the in the showroom. And I go, wow, there is a huge difference when you see them side to side. So I decided to buy one. I was getting my 14 service uh, over at uh, Moss Chevrolet, Moreno Valley. And uh, I happened to wander onto the... Uh, Onto the showroom while I'm waiting, and they had they had a uh, a Z06 there, and it was marked up twenty five thousand dollars over sticker. And I'm going, and I go number one. This is not the color I would buy, because I wanted one that was just like my old one except for just the wider style, and uh, I wouldn't pay twenty five thousand. Uh, eventually, I eventually I did buy the the uh, 2017 Z06. And, I, and instead of using Moss Chevrolet, which is uh, two or three miles from my house, I drove to Rydell Chevrolet in Northridge, and they sold it to me at sticker price. And I also noticed that being in L.A., I had, had in my mind my wife said, are you going to trade this car in or are you going to sell it? And I said, sell it private. And I said, well, it depends on what they give me. And at the time, the trade-in was like on Blue Kelly Blue Book in the Inland Empire showed uh, like thirty-four to 36000 and when I got there, they looked at the car. They said, "Okay, we'll give you 36 And I'm going, "Wow, that's good. Okay, I'll take that." And then I'm, uh, then while I'm sitting there in the finance office, I I looked up Kelly Blue Book on my phone with the different zip code, and you get higher markup, you get higher trade-ins out there. So anyway, I got this seventeen uh, z six, and I had a, a, a slow leak on the uh, on one of my tires. I took it into the tire shop and they said they said well it's not your tire it's your wheel you got a crack in your wheel probably from hitting a bump or something i said okay so i took it over to the dealer and, and i'm assuming this car is so heavily engineered that you don't want to change any of the things on the weight or the wheels any of that stuff so i bought a factory wheel at 640 bucks so 640 bucks which i wasn't happy about but 640 bucks for one wheel okay we got to do what i got to do a couple months later a second wheel cracks. Same thing. Take it to the tire shop. Must have a nail in my tire. Nope. Another broken wheel. I take it in there. Six hundred and forty bucks. On the third time, on the third time, I uh, I called a friend. I called a friend who uh, knew the management at at uh, at uh, Moss Chevrolet. And because I was complaining about, you can never call their service department and get an appointment. You can, you know, you, you can't get through on the phone system and it's just impossible to, to deal with them. And uh, they referred me to one of the owner, Glenn Moss's uh, right hand men. And he says, well, hey, we're sorry. You know, I said, this isn't a problem on, on 17 Corvettes. He goes, well, we haven't heard anything, but we'll sell you the We'll sell you the third one at cost. And the cost was 250 bucks. Well, I appreciated the uh, the uh, the discount, that's a two hundred and fifty six percent markup. If their cost is two fifty and they're selling them for six forty i'm a I'm a capitalist and I'm okay with with uh, with uh, you know businesses making a profit, but this is a little ridiculous. So that was a couple years ago. okay? So I take my car in for oil change about two months ago. And I said, hey, can you check and see if one of the tires has a chunk taken out of it? Cause I got a little vibration, little vibration. It doesn't feel like wheel bounce, but just a little vibration I can I can feel while I'm while I'm driving on the freeway. And so I figured, in the car's only four inches off the ground, so you can't, you know, if you want to look look at the tires, you gotta you gotta look at it, and then you gotta move the move the the car four inches, and then go get down under the car and look at. Well, you got up on the rack. Can you look at it? And they said, well, hey, uh, the vibration issue is. Uh, your your clutch master is out of fluid. It's empty, and it's contaminated. And I go, well, how does the clutch master cylinder get out of get out of fluid? Wouldn't my clutch pedal go to the floor if that was the if that was the case? I'm still able to push the clutch in and shift it. And uh, they said, well, uh, and I said, and wouldn't there be spots on my garage floor from where it's dripping? They go, well, there's no evidence of leaking, so it must be going out of the actuator, which is inside the transmission. Well, still wouldn't that show spots on the on the garage floor? No, it would be inside the transmission. And I'm going. The car has thirty thousand miles on it. And I said, I know I'm. It's a it's a six year old car, but it's only got thirty thousand miles on it. Isn't that covered under drivetrain? Well, it's only three years or however many thousand miles, so you're out of you're out of warranty. And I said, okay. Well, I'm going to call GM about that anyway. But go ahead and so they give me a quote. To uh, replace the actuator and the mat and the clutch master, um, for about fifty-five hundred dollars. Oh, and I say, well, if we're pulling that pulling that off, aren't we going to put a new clutch on it? They go, well, you don't necessarily have to put a new clutch on it, but if you want a clutch and flywheel, you know, it's going to be eight thousand bucks. And I'm thinking, well, why would I take the transmission out to replace a part and put it back together with a with a used clutch? Why wouldn't I put all those parts back in? It's just the parts you already got it all taken apart. So. So when they call me eight thousand bucks, I said, "Hey, you know what? I know what you guys do on these parts. All I'm doing is buying buying parts for the clutch and master and the flywheel. I don't want to pay two hundred fifty percent markup. So I talked to the the director of the of service, and he goes, "Okay, well, if we do the the whole thing, we'll do it for fifty nine hundred dollars. So I said, "Okay, I'm cool with that, but I'm still going to call GM and ask them to help as well. So I called GM, and after a month of back and forth and them telling me they're going to call back. Um, they called back and said, "Okay, well, we reviewed everything. Your car's six years old. It's got thirty thousand miles on it. We're gonna we're gonna cover thirty percent of it. But since the dealership won't answer the phone, so we could give you that discount. We're gonna do it as a reimbursement. So when you pay for it, and then send us the uh, the receipt, and then we'll reimburse you for thirty percent. All right, all good. I get the I get the car back. I get the car back, and it won't shift into first or second about half the time when I'm." I didn't have a shifting problem, I had a little vibration problem. I had to take it back four times every time they said we can't make it we can't make it uh, uh, duplicate the problem. And I said, Well you gotta come to stop signs, quit quit taking it on the freeway uh, to test drive it and and say, Hey, it shifts it shifts fine. Well, you gotta come up to stop signs and and I said and, and it does it specifically in my driveway. I can't get it into first or second. I never had that problem. I took it back three times before they finally finally the the service directors drove it. He goes, "Oh yeah, it's happening." While well, the technician couldn't find it, so after about a month and a half of of dealing with this, they finally replaced the shifter that they screwed up while it was there. And and I told them I, and I was harsh on the dealership. I was harsh on them about how they're treating me because because it, they had my car for almost two months before they fixed it the first time and then gave it to me with shifting problems that I didn't have before. So, but when it was all done, I said, Hey, I said, I've been hard on you guys, but I will say that I got the car back. It shifts like brand new and everything's good. It shouldn't have had, it shouldn't have had to take this long, but I'll tell you that if shifts great now, and I appreciate that. Although I still shouldn't have had to, it shouldn't be this hard to get your car serviced. And about Two weeks later, right after Chris, right after Christmas, um, I take the car out to uh, West Covina to have dinner with one of our kids, and uh, when we get back, I start getting a slow leak on my left rear tire. So again, I wait till wait till uh, uh, the tire shop's open. I take it to the tire shop, and again, they called me with the same thing. Said, "Hey, it's not your tire. It's." I said, "I figured I drove over a, t- uh, a nail." Said, "It's not your tire. It's your wheel's cracked." And, and in fact, when I went to went there and I said, hey, I've got a, uh, my 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 tire keeps going flat and it goes flat like overnight. I fill it up and it goes flat overnight. And the, the lady who's taking my order, she goes, have you hit any hard bumps? Because she, because this is a problem on Corvettes. I didn't know it. I thought it was just me. So I take it into the, I take it back to the dealer and I say, hey, I got a cracked rim. And the tire shop said it was, that this was, very common on these things. I said, this is the fourth rim I've had to replace. I don't want to pay full price for this thing because this is BS. Meanwhile, they had to order the order the rim. Took them three days to get it. And when it comes, when it by the time it comes in, I've gone on on the internet and find out that General Motors there's a class action suit against General Motors about Corvette wheels that crack. When I brought that up to him, um. They they sold me they sold me the wheel for eight hundred and fifty bucks, eight hundred and fifty bucks for one wheel, and they told me they would discount it, but they didn't tell me until I picked it up that they only cut hundred bucks off off the retail price. And I go, okay, well I think I might just take this back. I went online and looked for aftermarket wheels for a Corvette and West Coast Corvettes, which I assume these things are the same same engineering. Has a set for sixteen ninety nine for four of them. I haven't changed it just because I'm too busy to to deal with this. But you know what? If you want if you want to get your car serviced, unfortunately, General Motors and then General Motors after I get it get it all done, they they call me back and say we're going to send your uh, your uh, reimbursement for 30% which should have been 1800 bucks. But you're getting 900 bucks. And I go, "Why 900? 30% of 59. Well, you said it, the thing was going to be 8000." So it's 6,000, 30% of that is, is 1,800. They go, well, when we reviewed the paperwork, you know, the circumstances, how old your car is, I said, I told you it was a 17, and I told you it has 30,000 miles on it. I said, I was mistaken, it has 31,000 miles. And then when uh, the lady said, well, you know, th- she's just backtalking and sidestepping, and I, said, and I said, well, you know what? I said, you're just a liar, because you told me 30%. She hung up on me, and that's been a month. And I haven't received I haven't received any kind of refund from them yet. You know what? If you want to do business, there's there's better dealerships to do business with out there. Moss Chevrolet is clearly is clearly a shark dealership, and I talked to I looked at one of the Corvettes that's on there, the mid engines. They've got it marked up fifty thousand bucks over sticker price, and one of the salespeople told me people come come from from other states to deal with Moss because we're so big, and I go. But you're in you're in Merino Valley. They drive to L.A. You think you're busier than a a dealership in L.A. that you do more business anyway. Buyer beware. Moss, Moss, Chevrolet, Moss, Dodge, Moss, everything else. You know what? If they if they screw people with Chevrolets, they screw people with uh, with every other kind of car. And, you know, experience matters. I want to say buyer beware. I told them, say, you have a chance to to make this right by me. And I told told him I was gonna actually go on the radio. I said I'm gonna let everybody know how you treat people, and and uh, and now I'm in. Now I have. Now I have. So uh, uh, you know what? If you if you live near near Moss and you want to buy a Chevrolet or you want to get your Chevrolet serviced, go somewhere else. I had a very good experience when I bought a uh, my Hummer from uh, Mark Christopher, and they always they always took good care of me, and they were always fair. They were communi- communicating. You can actually call on the phone. Anyway, if you this is my buyer beware for Moss, any, any of Moss's, uh dealerships, based on my own personal experience. Based on my own personal experience, beware of these guys, they're sharks. So anyway, let's get on to what else is going on in this country. I, I promised them I was going to, uh, to do that if they didn't make it right. They didn't make it right, and uh, you know what? You guys should be aware. You guys should, shouldn't have to learn by your own experience like I did. You know, experience matters. Here's mine. Learn from it. All right, so let's go on to what's happening in this country, and uh, the misadventures of Dr. Tony Fauci. It's been a while since we've had to cover the Lord God, Tony Fauci, on this show, and uh, and now there's good news and there's bad news on that front. The bad news is we have to cover him again. The good news is Fauci is finally being exposed and held accountable for his crimes. Yes, crimes. Well, maybe. Let's see what happens over the course of the next year. But it's looking promising. Because Fauci is now cooperating with the House Republicans and admitting to a whole bunch of things we knew all along. So uh, this stems from what Fauci told the House Select Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic when he met with them privately last week. You know, you meet with them privately or you do a deposition, then you go, then you have a public uh, hearing. Members have said the interview with Fauci will be used to help the committee produce its final report later this year most likely uh, after the election in november republicans and democrats will each release their own report you know they're already saying that before they got all the facts they're going to release two separate conclusions because doesn't and it doesn't matter what the facts are the democrats are going to come to a different conclusion than the republicans are so exactly what happened in this meeting here's the story from cbs news Members of Congress, their staffers, and one of the world's most famous doctors, Dr. Anthony Fauci, sat for 14 hours over two days last week around a long conference table in a private office in the basement of the U.S. Capitol Visitor Center. They took breaks to munch on sandwiches, salads, cookies, and chips, and the two main players shook hands at the very end. The marathon closed-door interview sessions with Fauci are setting the stage for a higher-profile public hearing and interrogation in late spring or early summer. With hourly breaks, members took turns peppering Fauci with questions about his work during the the Trump and Biden administration's response to COVID. Republicans pressed Fauci on the lab leak theory that the coronavirus escaped from a virology lab in Wuhan, China, and other lines of inquiry about COVID's origins. They also asked Fauci about the social distancing and school closures that define the experience of the pandemic for Americans. Sources in the room for Fauci's two day interview told CBS News the meeting was cordial, but also revealed the intense and fractious political divide over his legacy and work. The panel's chairman, Brad Wenstrup of Ohio, told CBS News that Fauci testified that the lab leak hypothesis, which was often suppressed, was in fact not a conspiracy theory. So people said, hey, Wuhan, Wuhan lab uh, had, this, had this lab leak People got sick. They closed down the city of Wuhan so people couldn't, couldn't leave. But they let people get on planes to international so they could be spread to other countries. So, which makes it sound like it's on purpose. And, and Fauci said, no, that's a conspiracy theory. That's not true. Well, he admitted that that was not a conspiracy theory. And further, the social distancing recommendations forced on Americans sort of just appeared and were likely not based on science. Wow. Remember what we went through? Let's hear from a member of Congress who's been telling the truth about Fauci since day one, Rand Paul of Kentucky. Since he's in the Senate and not in the House, he was not able to be in those meetings, but he had plenty to say this Tuesday on the Ingram angle.
0: Anthony Fauci did lie to Congress. We know that from his own words, not because I say lies, but his private emails say he was lying. Virtually everything he said in private contradicted what he was saying in public. And he was fairly honest in in private. In private, he said masks don't work. In public, he wore three masks. In in private, he admitted that there was such a thing as natural immunity gained from getting the infection. In public, he was like, oh, you know, we're not going to measure that. It's unpredictable.
4: Republicans said Fauci, who served for 38 years as the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease before retiring in 22, get out before you get thrown out, responded to questions with, I don't recall more than 100 times during the two-day interview. Wow, he doesn't recall what went on over the last 4 years? We don't we don't we haven't forgotten anything. According to the source familiar with the interview, one Republican lawmaker questioned Fauci about learning loss suffered by students who were shifted to virtual learning during the peak of the pandemic. Fauci declined to comment to CBS News about his interview, but in a statement his attorney pushed back on the anticipated criticism of Fauci's responses about educational setbacks. Fauci's attorney wrote, Dr Fauci does not deny nor has he ever denied that a variety for a variety of obvious reasons the pandemic resulted in substantial learning loss to children. Really, like we didn't like we didn't realize that. We didn't realize that that kids can't see the teachers lips moving so they so a lot of kids can't really understand what she's saying and a lot of kids weren't online. We're going I got lots more to say about this but I'm out of time for the first half so stay tuned for 5 minutes of traffic weather sports and commercials and I'll be right back with the rest of everything that's going on. Do
1: you remember when you got your lucky break? You're looking back now and it seems like a mistake.
4: Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, but most of you are going are to gonna want to be looking into a, a real estate or refinancing something that you already own or purchasing something you'd like to own as the year goes out. So when you do, don't forget your buddy Ed Hoffman at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo, and we'll do the cyber thing. So before the ha- end of the first half, I was talking about uh, Tony Fauci and his little uh, hearing that he had, his closed-door meeting uh, with, the, uh, with the House Sub-Select Committee on, uh, on the coronavirus pandemic, and he's starting to admit what we all knew was that the whole pandemic thing was a lab leak, that masks don't work. That social distancing don't work and all that stuff. None of that makes any sense. And uh, so I just played a clip from from Rand Paul on uh, Laura Ingram. So we talked about how uh, Fauci's Fauci's attorney said that Fauci doesn't deny or has he ever denied, for the obvious reasons that the pandemic resulted in substantial learning loss to kids, as if we didn't know that. So what we get from that is so the Fauci is lawyered up. He's claiming to not recall anything that happened in the past four years to shield himself from any future legal consequences. And I'm sure future political consequences for most all the Democrat Party who use this as, hey, we have to have we have to claim this really bad strain of the flu to be a pandemic. So everybody has to get locked up. Why do we have to get locked up? Because we all have to we have to have a mail in mail in election. Why do we have to have a mail-in election? Because no matter what, we got to get rid of Donald Trump. So what should the consequences be? Here's more with uh, Laura Ingram and Rand Paul.
0: Now, Senator, we discussed the fake uh, social distancing rules that were put into place. They were everywhere. There were tyrants running around, you know, wagging fingers and yelling at people. Um, And Tony Fauci essentially admitting that that was just based in nothing. Um, what should the consequences be for him, for all of the COVID fraud that was perpetrated on the American people? Jail. You know, I've sent two referrals to the Department of Justice. I think he lied to Congress, which is a felony. You know, uh, several folks from the Trump administration were accused of lying to Congress and carted off to jail with FBI agents all over the property, you know, yanking them out of their house early in the morning. But we have two tiers of justice here. It depends on whether you were a supporter of Donald Trump or you're a supporter of big government, you know, the centralized government.
4: Yeah, to restate what Rand Paul just said, the laws don't matter unless it makes the Democrats look bad. And of course, the mainstream media is in bed with the Democrat Democrat National Committee, and so they they keep the 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 thought of things that are bad going on with the with Democrats or anybody related to the Democrat. Um, uh, talking points. They keep that from entering any of those people that watch CNN or MSNBC from entering their minds, and of course, then uh, social media squelches that out of people's comments from bringing it up to people. So it's up to the DOJ whether Fauci should face criminal charges, whether it's through the US Attorney's Office or or federal law enforcement. If Fauci is charged with either lying to Congress or perjury, he could face up to five years behind bars. Uh, but I think he's a registered Democrat, so they never, serve, they never serve any... Maybe, maybe you know, if you ever commit a crime, maybe you just change your voter registration to Democrat, and then you don't go to jail. Yeah, for me, for me it's uh, not a question. We're not going to do that. Right now, Republicans are holding on to the meeting transcripts, but multiple congressional aides say they expect the majority to call Fauci to testify at a public hearing in the next four or five months. Here's a little bit more from CBS News. Subcommittee Republicans also said Fauci admitted that America's vaccine mandates during the COVID-19 pandemic could increase vaccine hesitancy in the future. You think? So, specific to Fauci's role in forcing the vaccine, let's hear some, some more comments from Rand Paul.
0: Everything they blamed the right on, vaccine hesitancy, not trusting government officials, the loss of trust in government... I told them over and over again, and I still continue to tell them, it is at their feet. It's not at those of us who said, well, maybe we should examine individually whether older people might benefit from the vaccine versus younger people who might not need it, or whether or not people who've already been infected may not need to be vaccinated again, or maybe people don't need three or four vaccines if they've already been infected. None of these questions were ever answered, But the more they came out with things that weren't believable, like that your six-month-old needs three vaccines or your 12-year-old needs three vaccines, even if they've had COVID, and that none of the studies included the variable of whether you have had COVID. So they would do these large studies and compare booster to no booster, and they couldn't show that it stopped transmission because it doesn't. And for kids and teenagers and young people, they couldn't show that it reduced hospitalization or death, because it didn't, because these kids were rarely going to the hospital. So then they came up with, they said, "Well, if we vaccinate your kid three times, they make antibodies." But Rand, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, it wasn't Senator, proof of Sen- anything.
4: So uh, that little interruption at the end, with uh, but Rand, uh, wasn't something that we cut out. We just uh, cut up the uh, the interview into and we played it in order that it made sense to explain it to you. Because sometimes you guys watch Fox News or you watch CNN or you watch uh, MSNBC, or you watch Newsmax, and you don't catch everything because it's not clearly clear. No one's sitting there pointing out, did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said? So uh, sometimes the uh, the people interviewing them do, but I think they just do the interview and expect you to pe- pick that up. So anyway, uh, that's signs that there might, might be some accountability for what we experienced the last four years. I wish we could uh, go get some accountability for... Um, the prices of things, the price of gas, all these people that came into our country that are likely are likely, a lot of them are probably terrorists and people that want to do uh, do bad things to to Americans. Uh, but we'll see. We'll keep our we'll keep our finger on the pulse. So the first round of primary voting happened this week with Iowa caucus taking place amid sub-zero temperatures. And as I predicted last week, that didn't matter. Because Iowans live in Iowa, and they uh, don't let cold weather get in the way when it comes to living life and casting their votes, especially Republican voters. And of course, you know they—they they all know that they're always the first in January, and January, you know, is the time when the climate changes. You know, we have climate change every every winter, and it goes from being uh, being warm and balmy and getting cooler in the fall, and then it turns to winter and it gets cold everywhere. So uh and then in the spring in April we'll start to see things start to get warmer again and then hot in the summer. So that's my uh that's my thing on climate change. As we all predicted Donald Trump ran away with first place in Iowa. Uh, 51%, 51%, 21% for Ron DeSantis, 19.1% uh, for Nikki Haley and Ramaswamy with 7.7%. Uh, Trump won won 98 out of 99 counties. Nikki Haley beat Trump in one county by one vote. Not exactly what she expected. So let's play a little bit of the speeches. Vivek Ramaswamy suspended his campaign after coming in fourth, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But first, Nikki Haley ended up solidly in third place. That was a bit of surprise, and as the polling polling leading up to the caucus day suggested she might uh, be leading DeSantis. That turned out not to be the case. So whoever wrote her speech probably should have adjusted that part before she walked on stage. Or maybe she should have just seen that part in her teleprompter or on her notes and said, uh, this doesn't make sense anymore. I should scratch that line out. Let's hear it.
2: I can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Tonight, tonight, I will be back in the great state of New Hampshire. And the question before Americans is now very clear. Do you want more of the same? Nope. No. Or do you want a new generation of conservative leadership?
4: Clearly, she's not someone, not a person who can think on her feet and, uh, and, and uh, respond to what you saw five minutes ago and talk about it the way Trump does. You know, Trump, you see him reading from the teleprompter his uh, his, uh, his speech, and then he, then he veers off and makes his comments about stuff because he knows what he's talking about, and he's speaking from his heart, and that's one of the things that I don't think politicians do. Nikki Haley... Not being able to think on her feet and and take out that part about this is a two person race, really, DeSantis and Trump. What are you? What are your people cheering about? They saw you came in third, and uh, and of course now she's getting personal with Trump and saying, "Well, we don't want an eighty year old president sitting behind bars." I think she's just showing herself to be a, to be less an honorable person. Perhaps that line would work better next week because I'm as of right now Haley's projected to do better in New Hampshire. From the hill on Wednesday, Trump-Haley tied in New Hampshire poll. GOP rivals President Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley are tied in New Hampshire new polling shows as the primary race heads to the Granite State. The survey from American Research Group released Tuesday puts Trump and Haley at 40% each among the state's likely Republican voters. Although that that contradicts other other uh, polls that I see that show him about show Trump about 15 points ahead of her. So, hey, you know what? You get one poll that says, right, you know, uh, she's starting to sound like Biden. Hey, you know, how do you respond to the year of approval rating? Well, you're looking at the wrong polls. I look at this one poll that my wife did, and she said, I'm great. So now Haley's getting a bit cocky, announcing she will skip both New Hampshire debates. From NBC News on Wednesday. New Hampshire Republicans disappointed Nikki Haley isn't fighting harder in their state. Manchester, New Hampshire. As Republicans here seek a standard bearer, Nikki Haley is making herself scarce. Haley has forced the cancellation of two planned debates in New Hampshire, one sponsored by ABC News and the other by CNN, by refusing to go toe-to-toe with Ron DeSantis. Her schedule's light on campaign stops in a state where candidates typically, typically pack their days with events. You would think she'd be doing three, four rallies a day, three or four events a day, if she could get ra- uh, people to show up for every day until New Hampshire and at least till you get through the f- first few states till you get it down to Trump and her or Trump and DeSantis or till they finally just say hey Trump's going to kick our ass let's all just get behind him and uh, and support him and not tear up the the party. Haley's team is gambling that less with her will end up being more in a race that is down to three candidates with one of them DeSantis already decided to pack it in and move on move his fading campaign to South Carolina. I don't know why everybody's talking about how strong Nikki Haley is, and how Desantis is is fading, while I think Desantis and uh, Nikki Haley don't have a chance. And I like Desantis, and I like Nikki Haley. I like her less in, in the last week now, uh, since she's showing her true colors. But um, they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance for twenty-four, and they shouldn't just they shouldn't just burn bridges over that. That's a bad bet, said New Hampshire Republican strategist Dave Carney. Haley's refusal to debate and take questions at her first post-Iowa event in the state could kill her campaign. That's precisely what Ron DeSantis is betting on. Here's a bit of his caucus speech Monday night in Iowa. We love you, too. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. They spent almost $50 million attacking us. No one's faced that much all the way just through Iowa. They, The media was against us. They were writing our obituary months ago. They even called the election before people even got a chance to vote.
3: But they were just so excited about the fact that they were predicting Uh, that we wouldn't be able uh, to get
4: our ticket punched here out of Iowa. But I can tell you, because of your support, in spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. What does getting our ticket punched exactly mean? Hmm, I'm not sure. Is that like getting your time card punched? Or is that like you're in a... uh... You're in a. I remember when I was a kid doing a bike-a-thon, and you have all these checkpoints along your along your route to prove that you rode your bike uh, that far, so you couldn't cut cut from one place to the other and and take a shortcut and not do the whole 28 miles. Um, so uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it, the fact that he used that phrase twice means that he had that planned. The ticket punch thing and just makes me go, what's that supposed to mean? But then, does, does any of this matter? Former Speaker of the of the House, Newt Gingrich, says no as he uh, as he comments Monday night before the, the 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 voter count was was in.
0: How important is it for say Governor DeSantis to come in second tonight? It's very close at it's, this time. It is
2: irrelevant. It's it look, it's yeah. like you know, being the nicest person in the school while you lose every game. Fine. I mean he can go home and say he did the best he could. Nikki can go home and say she did the best she could. Ramaswamy can go home and say he did the best he could. None of them are gonna be the nominee. Period. It is over. If you had any doubt about this, watch the returns come in tonight. This will be historically the largest margin ever for a Republican candidate in a multi-candidate field. Ever. Last and question. at some point people got to say to themselves, oh, he is gonna be the nominee because, not not because of him, but because the American people want him to be the nominee. He's going to be president because the American people want him to be president.
4: Exactly. Like I said, Trump needs to be our next president, not because Trump wants to be president, but because United States citizens want Trump back in the White House because they know what he did the first time and they want they want our country back. So let's talk about Vivek Ramaswamy now, the 38-year-old biotech engineer and political newcomer who made a brief splash early on with his brash proposals like eliminating the Department of Education, FBI, and the IRS by executive action. I like those ideas. Um, He also piqued a lot of interest with self-confidence that led to fiery debate soundbites between him and Nikki Haley. But in the end, it just wasn't enough to get him past fourth place in Iowa. So on the heels of Chris Christie's exit and provocative hot mic comments last week... Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out of the race Monday night.
3: We are so grateful to you, and I promise you this, we are just getting started in leading this movement to our future, okay? Now, this is a campaign founded on speaking the truth. Not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Not just to the Democrats, but to our own side. And not just to other campaigns and candidacies, But to ours, we did not achieve the surprise that we wanted to deliver tonight. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're gonna do the right thing for this country.
4: As I said, Ramaswamy said lots of things that people liked, and I liked him too. But essentially, everything he was saying was the same thing that Trump was, and we already know we have in Trump. And Trump took his first four years Maybe not his whole four years, but he took the first couple of years learning learning about the political the political plays in washington d c and how to get and how to get by him. Trump knows that stuff now he won't he won't use any of the people from the previous administration he knows who he needs who he needs to uh to get rid of and and we and he doesn't have to be reelected he doesn't have to be reelected the America has confidence in donald trump of course. The Democrats, the Democrats, you know what? I can't even imagine that most of the Democrats don't don't see. Hey, this is this is going to be the guy to vote for. Um, if you want, you know, if if you care more about your life than how mean Donald Trump is, you know, you should care more. You should vote based on what's better for your life, what's better for your family's life, what's gonna what's gonna what's gonna make America America great again, and and so I think. Uh, I think America wants Donald Trump back there and put things back on the right track. Um, Despite Trump's campaign calling Vivek a fraud in the final hours before voting on Tuesday, and Trump posting on Truth Social that voters should not be duped by Vivek, Ramaswamy took his endorsement front and center by joining Trump on stage at New Hampshire rally Tuesday night, and the crowd began chanting something very interesting.
3: We are in the middle of a war in this country, that's what this is. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen, between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country. And that is why last evening I met my friend here, we met in person, and I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for President of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now.
5: It's an honor to have his endorsement. He's going to be working with us and he'll be working with us for a long time.
4: As they start chanting VP VP VP, I pretty much doubt it. Number one, I think he's too young. He's too young to be the that heartbeat from the presidency. Um, I like I, th- I like Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's smart. I think he's bold. I think he's a great leader. Um, but I think he's still too young to be the number one guy in the country at the helm. I think there's a lot of wisdom he's going to gain as he raises his, his two little kids under the age of three into adulthood. And I think in the future, quite... Quite possibly, if he still wants to be president, uh, there's a there's a place for him. But I just think he's too young. Also, I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy would waste his time in a position like uh, like the vice presidency because most people uh, consider it kind of a nothing job. Um, I do think Ron DeSantis is is closer to being ready, and I think if Ron DeSantis takes the VP spot and becomes an apprentice of Donald Trump instead of just doing nothing and and uh, gallivanting off on uh, stuff to make him look busy um, I think he could be right in line for uh, 2028 um, but again uh, I don't think I don't think he's one of the likely the likely uh, people for Donald Trump to pick uh, and and now for the speech we've all been waiting for to hear and here's our once and future president of the United States Donald Trump at the Iowa caucuses Monday night
5: I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. I think they both actually did very well. We're going to seal up the border. Because right now we have an invasion. We can't have that. It's not sustainable as a country. It's horrible. So I don't want to be overly uh, rough on the president, but I have to say that He is the worst president that we've had in the history of our country. He's destroying our country. The people in our country are great. They're all great. They want our country to come back. They want America, you know, they want us to be great again. It's a very simple MAGA, make America great again. And America first. America first is a very important part of MAGA. The big night is going to be in November. When we take back our country, it's now off to New Hampshire, a great place. I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. So Monday night
4: after he made that speech, and I'm assuming that all the channels uh, uh, played the whole broadcast the whole speech live um because as I was uh, driving home from uh, my uh, my group I go to on Monday night, um, I heard, you know, I switched to CNN, MS, MSNBC, and I'm listening to them talk about how unifying his, his uh, CNN and, and MSNBC are saying how untrump it was because it was such a unifying speech. But on Tuesday and after, they said, we're not going to play Trump's speech because it, uh, we, we have the right to not broadcast things that we don't think are true. Come on, man. Can you get off your I hate Trump thing? They got Trump derangement syndrome that Trump is uh, living rent-free in these people's heads. And closing out, us out on why Trump continues to drive this powerful populist movement for a third election cycle, I couldn't say this better myself. Some final thoughts from the former speaker, Newt Gingrich.
2: One, this is the people's victory, despite every media, despite every lawsuit, despite every effort to destroy Trump. The people of Iowa have stood up and said, no, he is our candidate. Number two, he's the nominee, get over it. He is the nominee, he's gonna win the nomination. The news media doesn't wanna say that because they need to somehow hype. Please watch us while we go through this charade. There is no candidacy for number two, there is no number two. There are irrelevancies. You get to be the leading irrelevant or the second irrelevant or the third irrelevant, but nobody's going to be number two because he's going to dominate totally if you look at the country at large, where he's at like 62 or 64 percent approval. Trump is not a candidate. Trump is the leader of a nationwide movement to take power back from the establishment. And that's why. Every time he's attacked by the judiciary, every time he's attacked by by the news media, he gets stronger because people go, yep, that's what I thought. That's exactly what those corrupt
4: people will do. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think he's exactly right. I think the Republicans should, uh, DeSantis and Nikki Haley, should just back out early get behind Trump and do what the Democrats do and support their leader and let's all get behind him uh, you know God has a plan and this is uh this is part of it I think he wants us to uh, save this save this country I hope anyway uh, clearly God has a plan and I'm not him so uh, anyway thanks for listening to the main event my name is Ed Hoffman and I'll be back again with you with lots more next week